You're listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Learn about local issues, meet candidates, and find out what we're doing to bring more options to Georgia voters. Now here's your host. Welcome to the Georgia Liberty Cast. My name is Ryan Graham. I am the chair of the Libertarian Party of Georgia and your host today. Um, Today I have with me Stephen McClure, who is a member of the Georgia Executive Committee, the Libertarian Party of Georgia Executive Committee. Um, He joined up this year and has been getting very active. Um, He's also been active on the Adam Kokesh campaign, among other things. And um, he has a great story to tell us about kind of the criminal justice system and how this COVID pandemic is uh, affecting that. And uh, I just wanted to say, uh, well, hello. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. How's it going, man? I'm well. How are you, man? Ah, uh, man, I'm just living every day. You know, yesterday I finally went out and um, uh, we did like a play date with our, our kid and uh, another family, another libertarian family. Um, and <clears throat> finally just got out of the house and we had like a little barbecue. And it was, I mean, I can't tell you how much my heart needed it. <laughs> So in the let's say in the last two months, so March and April, how many times have you been out of the house? Uh, not enough. I, I I couldn't tell you, but just it's been very few and far between. My my big problem has been that work is 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 done via my couch on a laptop, and then play is done via my couch on the laptop. So um, it's it's like there's no barrier. And you live super downtown Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Summerhill. Which is like was, right in the middle of the What? When was the last time you saw a tree? A tree? No, I have. Man, I have a pecan tree in my backyard. Come on, man. Oh, one? You got one? This is Atlanta, man. This is a city in the forest. I have, um, I have like probably less than a third of an acre of property, and I have, I do have one tree, but in my backyard and littered about through the other yards in my, uh, my uh, general area are other trees. So. We're we're um we're we're pretty good on the tree tree uh situation. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a great big uh, magnolia tree my neighbors have that just sheds leaves. This big leathery, I mean, it's a beautiful tree. I, I love magnolia trees, but these big leathery leaves like all over my lawn, and so I have to rake like every two or three days just to keep my grass healthy. But um, but yeah. <laughs> where um so where in Georgia are you at? I'm currently in Social Circle, so Walton County. Walton County. All right, so that's is that's uh, east of Atlanta, right? Yep, I twenty east. Yeah, and you've been, off you've been working a little bit towards trying to get. I mean, before all this hit, you were trying to get a, a an affiliate started out there. Uh, a little. Oh no, I still am. Like, okay, we're still making phone calls. We're still getting people, letting people know what's going on. I'm giving updates, like it's still happening. You know, I want to make this happen. Yeah. I I I got a base of 402,000 people in three counties. I think I can get a few people to come out. Yeah, and, and like virtual almost makes it easier, I think. You know, like if you set up a virtual meeting or anything like that, like that, that seems like the way to go. We've, we've, um, we've been having a lot of success even with like LP Georgia doing happy hours and just having people show up. Um, it's sort of ad hoc on, on like, like look out for it on our Facebook page. Cause uh, we, we announced it like on Friday for Friday, a few hours before, but we've been having some good success with that. But they're, they're <laughs> great. I enjoy them. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess if you want to go ahead and like get into your story that you have, um, it happened to you last Tuesday, right? Yep. So 
little, little bit of backstory there. Um, back in December, I got a phone call from a buddy. I was graduate Bible college. He said, hey, want to help me start this church? I said, sure. Um, so I moved back to the Covington area. I grew up in Covington. Uh, I moved back there. Um, fast forward to the whole COVID panic situation. Uh, church leadership sat down um, and talked about what we would do in in retrospect to what's going on. Um, and I made the fervent um, decision of like, hey, I think we should push through this. I don't really see a whole lot. My, uh, my outlook on COVID the entire time has been I'm more afraid of people reacting negatively to COVID than I am COVID. I'm more afraid of getting beat up in the parking lot because I have 500 rolls of toilet paper than I am from getting COVID. <laughs> um, no, that's just, that's just who I am. Like, I listen, we were uh, some statistics the other day. It was like 70,000 people have died. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm in the bottom 70,000 Americans. Like, I feel good. I think I can handle this. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think that that's sort of something that, that that's why we, you know, we were, we've supported Kemp's um, decision to, you know, whether or not you agree that he had the ability to close down Georgia in the first place, um, but the, the choice to re- reopen or to allow us to reopen uh, was a good one because the, the risks just aren't the same for everybody. And so like the risks for you are are low right you're young you're healthy you're you can go and you can get coronavirus and you'll probably be fine like you'll be in bed for a bit and then you'll get out and you'll be fine Um, but on that same token i'm not visiting my grandparents right exactly yeah yeah yeah. right like they're at risk so like we've taken precautions to protect our grandparents and that's like that's being a responsible adult american that's Um, right yeah and I don't think it affects me, so I'll do what I have to do. And either way, my grandparents aren't going to let me come in because they're afraid of this. Both, <laughs> all my, no, all my grandparents smoked for like fifty years. It's like they made the tobacco industry alive and strong. Yeah, yeah you talk about upper respiratory issues with people that have been smoking for as long as some of our uh, grandparents have. Yeah, <laughs> so like we we made some tough decisions, but I feel like I could still be a member of society for the time being. Um, yeah. and. So, eventually, the governor came, as you mentioned, he shut the state down for a little while, and that included churches. So, we made the decision that Easter, we were having service. Like, don't know what's going on, because I think you probably remember this. He, um, he said, hey, we're going to lock down for two weeks. And, like, ten days into it, he's like, ah, two more weeks. Uh, and I saw that one coming. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe politicians. When they say two weeks, when they, when they say I think the original bill was like $1.3 trillion. Now we're looking at $2.7 trillion. Like, nobody should be surprised. Yeah. Um, but we made the decision we're having church. So we, we took some safety precautions. We got masks. We got hand sanitizer. We did the Easter egg hunt stuff. And we did everything. Like, I was packaging eggs wearing rubber gloves. So I would put some gloves on, open the, the bag of eggs, open the bag of candy. Like, we were, we were doing what we could to protect those who are going to come. Um, we went to the Secretary of State's office. I became the number one person on the Secretary of State's list because if they made an arrest, quite frankly, I, I love I love my buddy. I don't think he'd hold up. Like if they decided to arrest somebody, 
I feel like I would hold up a lot better in jail than he would. Right. Uh, No, I mean, I understand that. I wouldn't hold up in jail at all. That's why I've uh, just done my best to keep out of there. Been arrested one time in my life for driving on a suspended license, which apparently is the most common reason to be arrested in America. Um, but, but that's the only time I've ever been in jail <clears throat> was when I was uh, driving on a suspended license for failure to appear. Ah, that sucks, man. Yeah, they um, took away my right to drive because I didn't go to court, right? That's, that's like the whole failure of the license system in general, right? I'm, I'm totally safe to be on the road, but you're not going to let me as a punishment for something completely unrelated. What is your take on the sovereign citizen argument of I'm tra- traveling, not driving? Um, I, well, I, yeah, I, I have never gotten into the sovereign citizen arguments because I, quite frankly, don't put a lot of weight into any of that stuff. But, I mean, you, you can't really say you're not driving when you're driving. Yeah, unless you <laughs> want to, like, take a drug test. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, my, my very, my very uh, like, shallow thinking on this is, ah, well, you're driving. <laughs> but, uh... That's great. But, um, so sure enough, um, we talked to the sheriff department, we talked to the city and the county about it, let them know what we were doing. Um, I was fully against that. Like, I felt like why well, asked for permission, but we did. Um, and the sheriff was very adamant against it. He was like, I got my dolls, and this is my doll. <laughs> Um, fast forward to Sunday morning, um, as we're preparing, I notice that they're casing the place. If they're driving by every hour or so, they're, and at one point I made sure I was out there because I wanted them to know that I knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, you're, I'm watching you watch me type deal. Um, Start waving at them. I did. I, I I walked up to like hand one of them some like a gift bag and they drove off. They didn't want nothing to do with it. But anyways, um, they come to the church here in service. We have a conversation. Um, kids crash the party because we're having a conversation service and they come out for the Easter egg hunt. And so with the kids there, they kind of left. When they left, I was like, dude, y'all come back. And he was like, maybe I'll come back with a warrant. And it's like, all right, dude. Do whatever you want to do. Um, so that was Easter. And I, right. I thought that was a success. Nobody went to jail. Nobody went <laughs> handcuffed. And I was I was super scared about that because they don't have a bond for this. And courts aren't meeting in Georgia. So, like, on your failure to appear, like, they have a bond, which I guess is no bond because you didn't show up to court. So they're going to hold you to a court. But let's say it was, like, you got arrested for a DUI. They were, they were preset bond for that. No preset bond for this COVID stuff because they've never dealt with it. Um, it depends on where you're at. Like Atlanta, they actually for nonviolent arrests that uh, there's no no bail required. Uh, and and I know there was a couple other municipalities who passed that kind of stuff. I know it's not uh, like the further out of metro areas you get, like the less likely it is that that you have something like that. But it, it is something that seems like it's spreading around and a, and a good idea. It's something we've been fighting for uh, wherever we have uh, active affiliates. So. Yeah, um, and I'm about to get to that because that's going to tie into what happened on Tuesday. <laughs> right so all on. that happens, and uh, Tuesday, I'm driving around town. I'm getting some stuff done. I'm taking a little break from work, and uh, I get pulled over, right? 
And as he's walking into the car, anybody that knows me knows that I've always got a gun. Like right now, I'm in pajama pants, so I don't have a gun. But uh, I do the responsible thing. Well, and, and, and just so everyone's clear, because I think there's a little confusion around that, maybe not in this audience, but um, anyone in Georgia without a license can have a gun in their car or in their house or in their place of business with no, no, uh, any kind of registration, any kind of license, anything like that, you can have a gun. And my boss actually wrote me a consent letter. Um, and it's not your job. It's any place of business that gives you a consent letter. So the local, the local grocery store, I actually asked them, I was like, hey, do I have like a consent letter to carry a gun? And they were just like, sure. And they wrote me a consent letter. So the grocery store I go to, everywhere I go to, I have a consent letter. Right. Because I don't want to ask permission from the government, boss permission from a property owner. Yeah, yeah, no, that seems like that. That seems like the the libertarian answer to all of this, right? Is like the private businesses make their own decisions. So it's like consent doesn't just involve condoms, right? Like it involves everything, <laughs> right? I think that's the only time you're going to get a Baptist preacher to say we're condom on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a um. So you had you were pulled over, and the cop is coming up. You're you're uh, packing. Yeah. So um, he goes. I were that, and I tell him, I'm like, I got a pistol in the cup holder, and I got a rifle in the passenger seat. Um, so he's like, all right, cool. Here's the deal. You put your hand on my gun, I'm going to put my hand on my gun. I'm like, all right, cool. So he walks up. I give him my license. Um, he tells me what I was doing wrong. He said that I cut him off. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I don't know. Um, so he goes to the back of his car, does his thing, and I notice that cars are pulling up around me type deal i figure he probably called in and said hey i gotta deal with the gun can i have some backup just in case cool i get it tactics you want to like if i do something stupid you want some backup that's fine um he walks into the car and says mr mccall i need you to come out and i said uh is this a, are you asking or are you telling and he goes mr mccall i'm telling you right now that i need you to come out of this vehicle and i said can i ask what for and he goes as soon as you step out I'll tell you. And I go, okay. Am I opening the door? You open the door. And so he opens my door. I step out. He goes, besides the weapons, anything in there I need to know about? I said, there's some CBD in there for sure. Then there might be some pot. And he goes, how did I know the difference? And I said, the CBD is labeled as CBD. <laughs> well, uh-huh. and, and, and the CBD, do you, is it oil now? Or, or for you? No, it's flour. You, it's flour. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's it's the same flower. It's a different chemical compound. Um, I actually have some right here. Um, I use it because I did some stuff I'm not super proud of anymore. And uh, it's just flower. That's all it is. Um, it looks just like marijuana. It smells just like marijuana. Um, but it's legal in the state of Georgia. Um, and if you find a doctor to approve it, guess what? The VA pays for it. But um, nice. yeah, so um, he informed me that I have three misdemeanor warrants for my arrest out of Jackson County. And they have to con- contact the county to find out what the county wants to do. I'm like, why do I have, I don't have warrants for my arrest. Like I've, I haven't had warrants for my arrest in years and those were all like minor stuff. And he goes, dude, I don't know to tell you, um, but I'm gonna need you to put your hand in the hood of the car real quick. So he patted me down and he grabbed everything, uh, laid my pockets out. Um, a few minutes later, 
he gets told by his lieutenant says, hey, they're rejecting him. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, ja uh, Jackson County or Jasper County Jail refuses to take you. I'm like, so what does that mean? He goes, well, I can't take you to my jail. And I said, why is that? He goes, COVID-19. And I go, so what are we doing? And he goes, well, if they're not going to take you, my jail is not going to take you. I can't. I have to release you. I said, okay, so what are you doing with my guns? And he goes, no, they're your, your guns. Um, and I said, what are you doing with my weed? And he goes, well, CBD, CBD. Um, I'm going to trust you on that one. Um, and at, at, they're still searching my car, and they haven't explained why they're searching my car, um, but they pull out um, a blue case, and they open it up, and they unfold the bandana in there. Um, and it was kind of funny. They called out they had a bandana like they had a gang member or something. Um, but they unfolded the bandana, and they find – so I've been to three protests at this point. Um, and one thing I want people to know is as a veteran, I want what's best for this country. And I think that should hold a little bit of weight. Like, I, I, I'm medically crippled for the rest of my life, and I did it for love of nation. Um, so when I protest now, um, I wear a bronze star, purple heart, and Afghan campaign ribbon. Um, and the dude goes, hey, where'd you get these, bro? And I said, um, why are you asking? He goes, because I got a pair. I was like, I probably got mine from the same group of people you got yours from. Then. And he goes, what does that mean? I was like, see that little circle? And he goes, yeah, I said, I was in Afghanistan. I earned those other two there. And he goes, man. I, I've got respect for you then. It's like, okay, cool. Um, so they handed me back my weed. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, like, we can't. And he explained to me, he's like, if we take your pot, we have to arrest you. And they don't have anywhere to take you. And they have, yeah, they, they can't take me anywhere. So, um, what was what was the original warrant for? I, I don't think you explained that. You, you sort of I'm told sorry. the story beforehand. So I'm at I'm at church on Easter Sunday, and they're telling me to have the 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 uh, congregation disperse. And on three occasions, I told them no. And so there, like, that's hey, what the three warrants were for. The th I have three warrants for three acts of um, not civil disobedience, but um, disturbing the peace. Ah, uh, okay. Even though there was definitely peace happening in your um easter celebration dude all i'm saying is like i was a little afraid of the eight guys with guns yeah. like talk about outmaneuvering and outnumbering like, oh yeah we had, a peaceful, we had a peaceful situation eight dudes with guns had to come up like, yeah that, that was a little disturbing to me i think anyone that's had the experience of 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 really like getting arrested at all like i mean i was um i was in i think it was in middle school and i was like out walking around past a you know, past 11 or something, whatever the curfew was in Cobb County at the time. And um, I guess somebody had set off an alarm at a business nearby and it was not us because we were nowhere near those businesses. I mean, we were, we were uh, walking towards them when they, when they got to us, we were not even like walking away from them, meaning we weren't over there yet. Um, and we got surrounded. I probably like, like you said, it was like eight cops and then they separated us. They asked us each like our different stories and all this other stuff. And I'm, I'm this like middle school kid, like, what is happening right now? But you just get, they like overwhelm you. And yeah, it's absolutely a tactic. What part and, of Cobb uh, County? Not helpful. What? 
What part of Cobb County? Uh, Powers Ferry, like like where it ends, uh, East East Cobb. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I lived out in West Cobb, Kennesaw, and Ackworth for a while. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah, that's where my parents are from. All but right. um, but no, so so fast forwarding back to Tuesday, like we had a really civil conversation. They handcuffed me. We got to talking, and um, I asked him. I was like. What happens if this coronavirus never ends? He goes, I don't know, man. I said, um, what about, you know, I was like, I really appreciate the way you treated me. It's like, I wish you didn't handcuff me, but I get it. Like, you got to make sure I don't have any more guns. Um, and I wish you would have unhandcuffed me a little sooner. But, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. <coughs> um, we'll edit that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, and it was just a big rigmarole. And I was like, so I've spent, so the, the big thing I want to talk about this evening is we, um, we had a conversation with a few sheriff's deputies and stuff because on Tuesday I was a nonviolent person. And because of COVID-19, I was treated like a nonviolent person. Right. Right. So I had, a, I had an inanimate object that could hurt nobody. and some weed and nobody treated me negatively i didn't get put in a box i didn't have my rights suspended i wasn't taken away from my job i wasn't treated you know too harshly um so is that are the warrants still outstanding though like like if they yeah so like they just still sort of exist so like if if you get pulled over for what whatever reason next time like they they'll still run it and they'll still probably cuff you and decide whether or not they are able to take you to jail or not. Yeah. Um, but the thing is Jasper County has to be ready to take me in three days. Okay. Right. So yeah. if I get arrested on a Monday, if they don't come pick me up by a Thursday, I'm released. I have the warrants aren't dropped, but I'm released. Yeah. Um, but I've talked to the warrant division over there. I've been to the jail. I went to the jail and was like, Hey, can I turn myself in so I can get released? So that you know, I don't have you know warrants. I'll, I'll come answer for. You have to like really. like live in constant fear of of getting arrested. Yeah, because like if you, people that don't understand this, if you have a warrant for your arrest and you get pulled over, what happens is they leave your car on the side of the road, they take you to jail, and twenty four hours later your car's gone. So now right. you got to get bailed out, and you got to get your car back, and you got to do this, and you got to go ask your boss back for your job, and you got to do all this stuff, opposed to you know getting booked, paying a temporary bond. Because uh, a bond like that, I could pay in cash and get it all back. Right. right. A bond like that's probably going to be three, four, five hundred dollars, and I could just cash that out. But they don't want to do that, so I've got to live in a constant fear. But um, no, so I called around to a few places, and here's what I found, Ryan: the closer you are to the city of Atlanta, um, the more lenient they're being with things like weed and alcohol charges so right now you know in georgia um dui is taken very seriously um and i have mixed feelings on that one because it's like if you didn't hurt anybody what should happen but if you hurt somebody like you know you just made a victim here yeah uh, i am i i i'm i'm back and forth on that you know I, i'm not a like you know i 
it's one of those weird gray areas to me where like I still I also don't think you should be able to like take your gun and go out into my backyard and like shoot and you know because we have like high population density and you shouldn't just be able to like shoot wildly in all directions because yeah. you shoot somebody like that's just a really terrible idea and like we should be able to stop that <laughs> yeah no victim no crime but at the same time let's use some common sense boys and girls I think there's there's a certain level of risk that says that maybe there is a victim and it's everyone. Who's yeah. You, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. And like, I don't have a solid opinion on this one yet. It's not a rabbit hole I've traced out completely, but, um, you know, city of Oxford, it's not too far from here. The chief said, Hey, you know, here's what we do when, when these situations arise. Here's what I've advised my guys to do. DUIs. We find them a ride home. Mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, cousin. They have 30 minutes to come get the person, 30 minutes to come get the vehicle. He didn't tell me what happens on minute 31, but that's what he said, right? Um, if, it's a, if it's a weed charge and they're honest about it, more than likely what's happening is the weed's being seized and they're being released. Um, I, agree with, I agree with half of that. Yeah. Um, and the chief over in Oxford also said that they're not filing warrants for arrest like that. What they are doing is they're setting court dates. So I think that's a much more pleasurable thing to do. Like, yeah. let's set a court date, not a warrant for the rest. Yeah. Uh, boys and girls. I don't know. I'm, I'm not into that either, obviously, because that's why I went to court. I mean, that's why I went to jail. So. Well, no, like, I, I would much rather be given a, a set time to make an argument for my actions. Sure. Because you best believe we fight in this one in court. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if they fight me too hard, we will change the Jasper County jail to the Steve McClure playground. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I mean, it, it, what's funny about your whole situation here is that it's like you're in trouble because of COVID-19. You're also not in jail because of COVID-19. You know, there's like yeah. this weird catch 22 with the criminal justice system right now where like, like you said, they seem to understand this whole like peaceful people shouldn't be behind bars. Um, well, I think it comes. I apologize. No, go for it. I, I think it comes to realization that one of their, you know, one of their biggest resources is the jail. Yeah. I mean, they just like, from what I understand, they're running quarter capacity at most jails. So now you've Atlanta, got a, Atlanta is straight up closing their jail. Who is Atlanta? Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Because what they did was uh, when they stopped doing cash bail, uh, that stopped a lot of people from being there when they decriminalized small no amounts of cannabis that stopped a lot of people from being there. And then the predominant use of the jail for a long time was ice. They were housing uh, immigration people uh, really uh, issues there. And then, um, and then Atlanta stopped allowing them to be there. So they're the, the jail here in Atlanta is like almost empty and they're like, well, we can just close it and use Fulton County jails. And so obviously Fulton County jails are not super happy about that whole situation. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're talking about closing like the city of Atlanta, you know, permanently or temporarily. No, like closing it and using it for something else. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's super amazing. It's something that we've been helping work with. The problem is, is a lot of the people who are working on like close the jail uh, want to use it for, you know, other, other things that are like taxpayer funded and all this. And I'm like, guys, stop it. Just sell it. Just sell the damn building or, or tear it down or do something, you know? But um, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that's going on here though. That's really positive. Well, one thing I remember about Atlanta, you right around convention time shit on Facebook 
that the Atlanta Police Department was getting rid of their drug task force. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were changing it to the um, Violent Crimes Task Force. Yeah. Which, sure. We're all like, yes, yes, okay. absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to like, praise, I like to praise, I like, like I, uh, people like to talk about libertarians like we just complain all the time. And I'm like, no, this was something we, we were like, this is all we've been asking for. Thank God, man, this is awesome. Do well, more I, of this. You know, me and Brian Slowinski, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to learn what libertarianism is. I'm trying to learn how to run campaigns and how to influence the party. So I've spent a lot of time working on campaigns lately. Um, and if Shane Hazel will uh, shoot me a Facebook message or a text message, I'll help his campaign. Um, he's been but, doing uh, a lot Brian, of his stuff uh, online and he's been like rocking it, you know? Oh yeah. The radical is like, he's three weeks old and eight episodes in it's deep. And for those of you who don't know, Shane Hazel and Brian Solinsky are our candidates for each of the Senate seats. So anyone who's listening will be able to vote for both of them come November. And from my understanding, Brian is running on a jungle primary, whereas Shane is on a more traditional platform. He will be running against Purdue and whoever wins the Democratic primary, which is looking a lot like Ossoff. So I, I can't wait to see, you know, Shane Hazel on a debate stage with uh, John Ossoff and David Purdue just throwing bombs, man. It's going to be amazing. He's such an intelligent dude, too. Yeah, yeah. And passionate. Well, you would never know he was Marine as smart as he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a beat me in the face not, anyways, exactly, not exactly a jughead right no i don't think he ate a lot of crowns but, i don't know uh, if i'm i don't know if i'm allowed to say that <laughs> i'm me having no military service whatsoever <laughs> you're a person you can you're free of a speech yeah all right um can and should are two different things say what can and should are two different things <laughs> this is very true maybe one day i'll learn that yeah but um no so Hateville, uh, Georgia, which is what? What would you call that within reference of Georgia, Atlanta? Well, it's like 15 minutes south. I mean, that's yeah. where my I, that's where my dentist is. So I mean, it's it's very close. It's where the yeah. where the airport is. So I would call it Atlanta. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. But they they aren't seizing. They aren't arresting. Like they told me, they were like, if you if you want to go to jail today, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to punch me in the face. And I looked at him and I said, there's three problems with that. He said, what's that? I said, um, you're bigger than I am. There's more of you than me. And uh, my lips are too pretty for Dale. <laughs> he laughed. I laughed. The toaster laughed. We shot the toaster. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, I love this. And, and one of my goals for Georgia is maybe we, uh, we carry this practice through and we uh, start realizing that not everyone needs to go to jail. I think um, with some of our partners, we should probably be able to get data on this right now. Um, people like the ACLU should be able to pull some of that data for us. And I think it's probably a good idea to, to, to start asking for it, honestly, about, you know, what, what is the effect of the not arresting nonviolent criminals and um, like what, what types of crimes are going up, what types of crimes are going down. I think, uh, you know, across the board nationally, we know that violent crime is down actually right now. Um, and with the exception of domestic abuse and something else, um, that you might expect if you're locked in close quarters with your, you know, with the same person for a long period of time, not saying it's okay. I'm just saying you would expect that number to go up. <laughs> well, you would expect that number to go up, but weed was illegal. So, right. 
But, uh, <laughs> That's funny. But no, so here, here's the numbers I have. Walton County is at one quarter of the inmate population because they're running four-man cells and they can only have one person in a cell. Rockdale's the same. Newton's at less than half. Um, so there was a 75% reduction in both uh, Rockdale and Walton and a 50, uh, more than 50% reduction in Newton County. That's awesome, uh, man. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, I um, mean, and, and the fact that they felt comfortable enough to do that um, lets us know that there was a problem beforehand because they felt like all those people could be released without any, you know, repercussions. Like if they felt, if they really felt like it was dangerous, they would have found a different solution and it wouldn't have been and, to go. And the speed at which they did it. Yeah. Um, like it was done within hours. Um, Rockdale County apparently released like 500 inmates in one day. Yeah. Uh, which, whoa. Um, but they've. They knew, that they knew that those people were like safe to release. They didn't just like release randos. They were like, oh, these are the low risk people who like are here for nonviolent crimes, who are not going to go commit violent crimes. Like, we're just going to let them go. It's cool. Yeah. The other thing that's going on, I know inside of Newton, um, I've been an inmate in Newton, unfortunately, um, and you get to shower once every three days. Um, you're given a shower time, and it's every 72 hours. Uh, and you can reject that. But right now, every inmate gets a shower every 24 hours. They're provided soap, which is not what you're like. In Newton, you have to buy your soap. But now they're providing soap. They're providing all the, the sanitizers. They're actually, And they're also giving you a second pair of underwear, which is a big deal for Newton County. Because, There's actually uh, um, some, some, good, some good work in our um, in our partnerships that have been um, providing masks and um, soap and things like that to inmates um, specifically just saying, you know, these people matter too and they, they need it and they might not have the resources to get these things. And so they're, they're uh, getting those resources. So there's a lot of good like voluntary uh, action going on to help people who might not be able to help themselves because they're inmates, um, which, you know, maybe they're there for a good reason. Maybe they're not, who knows that that's really neither here nor there. They should still well, be able to protect themselves. So criminal, criminal justice, broad strokes for a second, broad strokes. Um, you know, the entire, every time I ever went to jail was because of an unresolved problem. Um, you know, I had to do some pretty awful things in war. Uh, and I wasn't allowed the treatment that I needed. Um, and the VA was backed up, but I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying this works for everybody. But I went and talked to a doctor in Colorado in January, um, and he um, told me what to do. And uh, now I smoke lots of weed, um, and life's better for it. So maybe what we need to do in criminal justice, instead of writing fines and giving time, like, and telling people what what degenerates they are, maybe what we need to do is let them see what society's supposed to look like and let them see what solutions look like and give them the help and the encouragement they need and give them the resources they need because if there's a dude addicted to crack, it's probably not because he likes crack, right? And as soon as we figure that out as a population and we start giving positive resources for that, like, I don't know, mental health and drug addiction resources and we yep. start treating them like a person, maybe they'll start acting like a person. Yep. No, I mean, that's, that's been the key and, and how we've been more successful messaging uh, lately is, is treating it like a public health concern rather than a, uh, 
criminal concern. So um, I, I, I think, I think we've, we've talked about this now. Um, I don't know if you had anything else about criminal justice you want to talk about, but I also wanted to get into another um, sort of a in the weeds uh, with, with the libertarians um, issue. This last Saturday, there was a, um, there was a LNC meeting, a special meeting to discuss and to come up with a solution as to what we're going to do with our national convention since Austin is basically shut down and our convention is coming up mid this month. Um, and so they were supposed to come up with a solution. Um, you know, spoiler alert, they didn't. Um, what they did do was they definitely uh, voted to, to cancel their contract with the Marriott in Austin. And um, they, so they, they canceled the, they're, they're voted to cancel the contract. Uh, so there will be nothing at the Marriott on, on that, that same weekend is Memorial Day weekend, I believe. And, um, they, and they also, the, the Marriott, from my understanding, refunded tickets to people that got rooms, right? That was a mistake. So I think they're not quite there yet. They had canceled the rooms for everybody who was there, but they said that that was like a, um, that they didn't necessarily expect there to be able to be a convention, but, but also that that was a mistake, that that went out early. So um, there was still some movement going on there. I mean, it, it, that seemed very like, um, I, I don't know the word, neutral, like, like that happened, but I don't know if it meant anything. It seemed like a mistake. Okay. So, um, and, and then in, in um, the other thing that they got done was they basically postponed the decision for uh, what they said was 10 days, but they're going to, there's some quirk of, of uh, Robert's rules or something. I don't know. I hate parliament. I, I know I'm the chair, but I hate parliamentary and crap. Um, but they're going to meet basically next Saturday and, and come up with the date that will be before July 15th and will have a physical location. That's what they determined, that there will be a physical location. It will be before the 15th. But they did not come up with, you know, when it will be, where it'll be, or anything like that. Um, now, so, so part of the... Go ahead. I want to interrupt with a question. You keep saying they. Who are they? Like, is this Nick Sarwak and the boys? Or yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, the whole Libertarian National Committee. So Nick Sarwak doesn't get a vote. Um, okay. How he, many people are on the committee? Do we know? I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, but there's, there's. I mean, there's an. The the vote was nine to seven, so there were sixteen votes. Yeah, and so I mean, Sarwar uh, was specifically tried to give a vote, and uh, due to Robert's rules, um, because of which is what, what, what is Robert's rules? Robert's rules is the is the rules that govern. Um, it's like parliamentarian rules that govern meetings, and so like our bylaws. Uh, so the Robert's rules are the basis of all of our, our like how we run our meetings, and then the bylaws are an extension of that. So bylaws can can overrule. Robert's rules, but anything that we're silent on, um, we go to Robert's rules. So Robert's rule is a very standard. You you'll find it all over the place. Like if, okay. if you have clubs and meetings and things like that, you'll find people that use Robert's rules. Okay. Yeah, that's people making motions and doing you know making uh, you know whatever they're you know, point of information acts. Point of information, yeah, things like that. Yeah, that that's all Robert's rules stuff. So um, it's, it's all boring. I, I try not to do any of that kind of stuff with LP Georgia because it's pretty boring, but I, 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 basically, I have it at my uh, you know, disposal if I need to because it can help manage a meeting a little bit better. But, you know, so far we've been pretty manageable, which is nice. But um, we, have a, we have a good uh, state chair. Thanks, man. 
Um, so I, I, you know, the other th- the, the thing that, that bothers me is we were supposed to have a plan on Saturday for how our national convention, where it was going to be, when it was going to be and how it was going to be run. And they basically said, no, we're going to postpone that till Saturday when we're already like what, two weeks out from when it was supposed to be. And it's like, man, I got to make plans. I got to, I got to figure out where, what, where I'm going for a week. I mean, this thing's planned for like four or five days, you know? Yeah. That's, that's something that I think they need to understand is, and I, I don't mean to be harsh with anybody, but I don't know if they understand where a lot of us are coming from. My, myself, for example, I just left college and I'm a fabricator's apprentice. Um, so if you expect me to have the money to buy a last minute plane ticket, book a last night hotel, last minute hotel for a week, and then come to a convention, um, you know, I, I think you're being kind of unrealistic here. Also, um, and just so so everybody knows, Stephen and I are both delegates to the national convention. So yeah, yeah, yep. I am a delegate, um, and fortunately, my boss is a delegate as well. So hopefully, he'll uh, let me like jump in his car and pay me for sitting in his car or something. I don't know, but um, like this is kind of like financially a little sketchy right now. Like, how do we do this? Also, I I assume that the eighty dollars I paid for convention fee is still valid wherever we have it yeah so that was part of the problem was they were looking at the numbers and like what they would have to refund if they were funded 100 percent of all convention fees they would still they would like be in the red a certain amount essentially um so that was like one of the considerations for doing it in person is like not be, you know just not being able to refund all that money because it, it can't be a loss conventions make a make a ton of money for the national party every year or every other year so okay yeah. Um, the other thing that is in consideration that is uh, very, very uh, relevant to Georgia is our uh, f- notice of candidacy for our president is filed by June 24th at noon. And we are looking at a national convention and, and what they're all looking at is July 4th. So we're looking at July 4th weekend and not having a president by the time that we need to file our president in Georgia. So we're, we're looking at basically having to file a lawsuit in Georgia to extend the deadline or not having a presidential uh, candidate on our ballot in November. Now, what is the DNC doing at this point? They have. So that's the the weird, the quirk of Georgia law is that we are a political body. We're not a political party. And so all the rules are different for us. Oh, we're not, we're technically not a political party at this point. I have no idea how the rules are for them because I only look at political body rules. Um, they can do whatever they can do, man. And well, uh, me, was it Georgia justice day? Uh, Brian Slavinsky was at, and you were too, and a whole bunch of other LP guys. Um, me, Brian, and some other people went down to the Secretary of State's office. In order to be a political party in the state of Georgia, you have to be noticed as a political body and then check this out. You have to get 60% of the vote. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to correct you. It's uh, 20% okay. of the vote for a presidential candidate or 20% of the vote for a gubernatorial candidate. And the 20% for the presidential candidate is nationwide. It is not just Georgia. Oh, that's a little less And then you're a political party, and then you have to take part in the uh, primary system and do all that, and, and yeah, it's it's nonsense. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, go ahead. So we're looking at July fourth as a tentative date. 
Uh, yeah, well, that's just what I've heard because I've, I'm in con- constant contact with, you know, my LNC rep and the, the executive director of the LNC and some other folks. And like, that's, that seems to be the weekend that people want. And for you, as your LNC rep, is that Stephen? Stephen Nicola is our LNC rep, yeah, for Region 2, for Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. He's also the state chair of Florida. Yeah. And he's so, a good dude. I like him. He's, he's really great, and he voted, the, you know, he voted no on postponing it. And um, what was frustrating to me as well is, is I basically have been you know, seeing the people who voted yes gaslighting and saying that you know, everyone who voted no just wants to uh, break the bylaws. And I'm like, no, people who voted no just wanted to like, discuss the issue and like, have a solution for delegates by the end of the meeting. So no, we, we, the, saying no did not necessarily mean like to go around the bylaws. So for those of you who don't know, the bylaws basically are uh, silent on having an electronic meeting. Robert's rules are not silent and they do not allow them. And so we are not allowed as a body to have um, an electronic convention. And, and, and if we did that in, you know, and ignored our own rules, we could potentially face, you know, challenges in different states on the, the uh, you know, how accurate, like if, if our presidential ballot was actually um, legit. Okay. Because it wasn't done via our own rules. So, so what you're saying is if the Libertarian National Committee violates their rules, then the state of Georgia could say, no, you don't even follow your own rules. We're not even letting you on the ticket. Yeah, they they basically say like you didn't follow that your own, your bylaws, and so therefore you, this is not a legitimate candidate, and we're not going to allow them on the ballot. And then we'd have to file that lawsuit anyway. So my my whole point is there's no good solution. Like if you wanted to have an in person, uh, you know, I I was I preferred an online convention, but if you want to have an in person convention, like you should have just made that that call then on the phone call, gave us a date, gave us a place. And like called it a day. They they said the 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 convention oversight committee didn't have enough uh, information in the report. People on the convention oversight committee who were on the call raised their hand and said, "We do have enough information. Uh, we can discuss this if you guys want." And they said no, and they adjourned. <laughs> well, so I look at a few different sources. A big source for me um, is Slack. And for those of you who don't know what Slack is, it's a blog board type deal. Um, and it's what we use here at the, uh, the executive committee. But I really like that. And I use that and I use Reason Magazine. I use a few other sources. And everyone um, is welcome to Slack. Just lpgeorgia.com slash Slack. And you can find yeah. us on there. It's not just for executive committee. It's for anyone and everyone who wants to collaborate and take part in the movement. And it's, it's a great way to just learn. So if you're like me, you're the new guy. You can just learn and, and read words and look words up and figure out what's going on. Um, and uh, have a few drinks while you do it because it's it's difficult at times, but it's a good learning process. But um, somewhere I read that they were guaranteeing an answer by Saturday. Saturday rolls Saturday rolls around, and it's like you know how we promised you we don't take those very seriously around here, um, and that really upset me. It's like you promised me this was going to be done by a certain time, and now it's not. So. What the heck, LNC? Um, like, I don't like at this point. I don't care what it is, but I need to know because right. I have to make decisions. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I have, you know, I have a four-year-old at home, and so I have to figure out childcare. I have to figure out flights for, you know, four days or whatever. Like, this was already going to be challenging, and now it might happen sooner, later. We don't actually know. They, they say they want July 4th, but Georgia might actually cause them to have to do it earlier, and we just don't know. We just don't know anything. So is there a, is there a law against having a multi-site convention? Yeah, so um, they've talked about that, and it is pretty much against the rules. The The one thing that's still kind of in the air is maybe a hybrid, but it would still require some people to come in person, and then they would um, adjust the bylaws on the fly to allow for the remote convention, the hybrid, and, and allow some electronic voting, and then whatever that is, the people could do from, from wherever they are. Um, but that's sort of an option on the table that's not necessarily what's going to happen I don't know. It's still sort of up in the air. Okay. It's just annoying because it shouldn't be in the air. We should know what we're doing. That's that's the whole thing. We, May second was already way too late, and um, and now it's gonna be you know May 9th. So and and that's maybe right. Maybe they can, can again. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, and, and one thing that I've noticed, especially with all of this, is it seems like a lack of information has caused panic. Yeah. Right. So no one knew what COVID-19 was going to do. So what they do, they went and bought all the toilet paper, right? Cause they didn't know what was going on. So they freaked and they did dumb stuff and that's what humans do. Um, and one of the things that I've really called on my leaders and in, in government to do is be responsible. Like don't induce panic. Don't do, don't say anything that's not verified and just be honest when you don't know, say you don't know, that's fine. I won't think you're a moron if you don't know, but just be, be honest. Like if you lie to me, I'll call you a moron and a liar. But, um, I really think that the LNC, when they, when they make a promise, they need to keep it. Um, because right now we don't know anything and that's a really sketchy place to be in. Cause you're talking about, you know, what did you say our deadline was for presidential campaign? June 24th at noon. Okay. So we have, 50 days, but we also only have five months until the election. So we got five months to get a guy on paper and start pushing his name so that we can get in the white house. Yeah. So Um, we're pushing from May to, to, um, to, uh, July we're we're cutting two months out, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, you said at the beginning of the podcast, I run, I'm on, I'm on team Adam right now. Um, but if Adam doesn't win this, I'm on team whoever LP nominates. Yeah, and I'm not. I wouldn't be sad about any of our candidates if I'm being honest. I I, I have my preferences, and I might um, let people know that before before the election. I'm not sure yet, but um, I, I would not be. Uh, I I I would vote for any any anyone running for president. That's so what you're saying is you would vote Adam Kokesh. I would vote for Adam Kokesh in the general election for sure. Well, I, but again, I'm not saying whether or not I <laughs> support him at the convention. <laughs> it, it sounds like you just said you will. I would vote um, for him in the general election. What do you think about Amash? I'm going to just ask that question. I would what vote about for Amash? him in the general election. <laughs> All right. So, but seriously, let's let's move back to the uh, the convention. What are the bylaws like? Do we? I know we have what 1,016 delegates. Something like that, yeah. Is there a minimum number in Georgia? It's what? 29 in Georgia. 29 in Georgia. 
Yeah. Um, is there a minimum number that have to be present in order to have convention? No. So have convention with 12. No. So yeah, quorum, quorum actually comes out of however many people show up on the first day and then quorum is decided by that. So what is quorum? Quorum is like the minimum number of people needed to um, run the convention. So you'll have like, if a hundred people show up and then quorum is 40%, then as long as, you know, 40 people are in the room, you have quorum, you can vote, you can do whatever. And uh, those other people don't matter as much. Now, could could the state of Georgia send me and five other guys with a list and we vote on your behalf? No. So you have to cash your token? Yes. And there's no way around that? Yeah, no. Go ahead. And I'm just, I'm asking because I'm not well versed. So I'm just going to ask you on a podcast and people are going to make fun of me. No, you're but, good. Um, could, could the... Georgia party send me and a couple other people and us all get together and vote to do an emergency amending of the bylaws. And then while that's going on, y'all meet and have an emergency vote here in Georgia and cash your, cash your tokens. We wouldn't have to have any kind of emergency vote here. As long as the bylaws changed at the national convention, then the, to allow some sort of electronic vote, however that is, and as long as we followed those methods in the new bylaws, we would be legitimately casting votes for different things, platform, vice president, president, uh, chair, vice chair, all the things that need to be voted on. So, yeah. yeah. I think, um, so I think we've sort of talked this to death uh, a little bit. Uh, and if, if anybody has any questions about it or anything, um, please feel free to hit me up on Facebook. Um, my Facebook is facebook.com slash Graham for GA. And uh, you can go on LP Georgia's Facebook as well. Um, you can email us at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. Um, rate and review us. I have not been checking those because I'm not an Apple guy. Uh, but, but do it anyway because it helps us reach more people. Um, and I think that's all I have. Did you have anything else, Stephen? I don't. All right. Well, uh, that's all I have. So uh, bye, y'all. See ya. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. The theme song for this episode was Metaltania by Kevin McLeod, released to the public domain through freepd.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us and leave a review. You can email the show's producers at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. If you're a libertarian in the state of Georgia, don't forget to find your local affiliate at lpgeorgia.com.